Wouldn't it be great to live a life of purpose, to wake up every morning knowing what you are here for and being excited to do it? Some people experience this, most do not. My name is Bradley Wright. I'm a sociologist who studies purpose and meaning. I am also a husband, a father, and a person of faith who pursues purpose throughout my life. Welcome to the School of Purpose podcast. Together, we will explore both the science and art of finding life purpose. As we understand how purpose works, we can have more of it in our lives. Enjoy listening. Welcome to another episode of the School of Purpose podcast. Today's guest is Logan McDonald. Now, Logan took a class with me this last semester, and he said something in class that after he said that, I thought, oh, I need to have you on my purpose show. And I'll let him introduce himself, and then I'll tell you what that thing is, and we're going to explore why he's doing it. You see, Logan is a graduating senior, and he has some interesting plans for the next couple months. So welcome to the show, Logan. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, like you said, I'm a senior at UConn. Um, I'm a psychology major with a sociology minor. I'm getting ready to graduate, and then I will be going for my adventure, and then I'll be coming back and going for a, uh, a nursing degree through UConn's Accelerated Nursing Program. Wonderful. What do you hope to do with the nursing degree? Well, that's a, that's a good question. I just know I, I want to do it. There's a lot of different ways I can take it from there. Uh, I think about working in an emergency room, um, working in psychology in some way. Uh, I just know that I want to keep my options open and get as much experience as I can before I, I really settle down. And that's kind of why I like nursing, because I'm not necessarily bound to one thing once I start. Well, that makes sense. I mean, nurses are so versatile. They can do so many things. Exactly. And what I like about it is that it launches you into the medical field but it's only a three semester commitment. So if you change your mind, it's not like you've thrown away 10 years of an MD or something like that. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so tell us about this adventure you have planned that uh, piqued my curiosity. Yeah, so I decided mm, probably a year and a half ago that I did wanted to hike the Appalachian Trail after I graduated because I've got this perfect time frame from May to January and nothing to necessarily do except for work. And I was like, well, that's not necessarily fun. Let's do something that's a little bit more interesting and get out there and explore a little bit. So I said, hey, why not hike the Appalachian Trail? Okay. Uh, for people who aren't familiar with the Appalachian Trail, could you tell us a little bit about it? And especially, like, how difficult is it? How long does it take to hike? For sure. Um, so it's about 2,200 miles, um, which is a pretty significant amount. It goes from Georgia to Maine. Uh, crosses about goes through 14 different states and it takes people probably f if I were to say four to four to seven months if I were to put it in a range but everyone hikes at a different pace depending on your skill level you have people who, who will through hike it which is what my plan is which basically means to get it all done in one shot yeah there might be like if I if I need to take like a week off here and there um, but no extended breaks some people do section hikes over many years where they'll just go down and do like a 200 mile section of it and then go back to their lives because it's very difficult to find the time to take the five, six months to, to hike it. I'm hoping to get it done in about four months, but I have five months allowed. Um, that'd be going at about a 20, 20 miles a day pace, which I think should be reasonable once I get going, but yeah. So how long was it again? 
it takes people usually like four to seven or so months, if I were to guess. Wow. And the distance? You mentioned it, but. Yeah, 2,200 miles. Wow. That is so far. Yeah. So if you do 20 miles a day, which I occasionally do a 20-mile hike nearby, and that I'm wiped out the next day. And you're thinking of just doing that every day for, what, 100 days? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. It starts, well, when I start, I'm hoping to do around 15 miles a day for the first week or so, maybe a week and a half, just to really start to get my body ready and prepared. Because usually if you're going to get injured, it's going to be at the beginning because you're pushing your body further than it's used to be pushed. And it's just, it's not ready for it yet. And people think, oh, if, if I'm determined enough, then I'll be good. But they, their mind might be more ready than their body is. Oh, and then they'll sense. end up getting exactly that. Again, that tendonitis or the, the stress fracture or something or the twisted ankle that takes them off the trail for, for a long time. So it's important to really build it up as you go. They say that you get your trail legs because your muscles are going to be more ready for that activity every day. And then it, that, at that point, it's just about consuming enough calories and getting enough sleep and taking care of your body so you can keep doing it day after day. So how do you pack enough food? I assume there aren't like 7-Elevens every 20 miles along the trail. No, but that's actually not a terrible way to think about it because people really think that the Appalachian Trail is in the middle of nowhere, which is kind of cool to let people believe that because it makes it sound <laughs> a, little bit more, a little bit more crazy. But you're never too far away from a town or, or just like an outfitter that's around to, so you can resupply. So I'll hopefully be carrying around five or so days of food with me at a time. And then every, hopefully in that every five day range, there'll be another, another uh, road crossing where you can either get a hitch, a hitchhike into town, or there's just something right off trail that you can go to. Okay. So what kind of food do you take? I assume you don't take stuff. You have to prepare a lot. You want things that are probably calorie dense. Exactly. There's like, there's so much discussion about this because it's, it's all about getting enough calories to sustain yourself because you want to get like I'm shooting for around 5,000 calories a day because you're burning, just burning so much. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's crazy. So you want to get that calorie dense stuff. Like, like so a lot of, a lot of times people do a lot of candy and stuff because it's just so calorie dense. So it's like that Snickers bar, but cliff bars are, are awesome because they just give you some, there's a lot in them and they're very calorically dense. And then for me, I'm not bringing a stove because I'm, I'm trying not to carry too much weight. So what I'm doing is called cold soaking. So you get like couscous or rice or something um, and you put it into a, a little container that has like a screw cap that's plastic and you add water, say at noon, and then you have until six o'clock when you eat your dinner where it just soaks up all the water. So by the time you, you, you go to eat it, it's, it's like, it's absorbed all the water and it's gives it's just, it seems like it's cooked, but it's just cold. Okay. Well, it's not too bad. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I'll also be doing like, like, tuna and stuff they have like little tuna packets that are great yeah all kinds of stuff wow so i assume there's like a a whole science behind this i bet there's lengthy discussion boards about this online yes there definitely are Uh, especially on things like like if you if you go on reddit at all there's a lot of different communities that are discussing there's like the appalachian trail community where they just discuss like this is where i'm at or like asking for advice i'm also part of another community called ultralight which is basically trying to get your base weight of your pack down below 10 pounds that's without food and water which is good if your goal is to get a lot of miles in because if you're not lugging around all the extra weight then you can go further it's kind of all about pushing yourself as much as far as you can like getting like sacrificing as much comfort as you can 
to cut your weight down and then kind of adjusting from there. When you, you, a lot of people cut back too much and find that they're just miserable because they're either, they didn't, they didn't pack a warm enough sleeping bag or whatever. And then they end up buying a new one at an outfitter. Okay. Wow. Okay. So why did you, why do you think you picked the Appalachian Trail? So I applaud your thinking in terms of being intentional about doing something between May and June or um, May and January, but there's a lot of things you could have done. You could have gone to Europe. You could have uh, take, moved to New York City and been a waiter just to enjoy the city life. You could have driven around the country. You could have gone youth hosteling. Why the AT trail, or why the AT? Uh, it kind of came down to a, a previous hike that I did, um, which was, it's called the Long Trail in Vermont. And it's a really, really nice, like three week long hike. It's about 270 miles. You get it done in, in a, a relatively short period of time. It's a lot more reasonable. I did that after I graduated high school with my dad, and I really, really enjoyed it. And then I, I did it again a couple years later just because it was so it's so much fun. Uh, and I was like, every time you get to the end of that three-week period, you're kind of like, you kind of feel like you're really starting to get into it. And like your, your body's like really good and going. And you can start doing those big miles, and then you're done. But with something like the Appalachian Trail... By the time you hit that three-week period, you're just starting. Oh, so you yeah. have a whole lot of time to to really utilize that muscle growth and really push yourself. And this is much more of a like I was thinking, and all the goals that like all the things that I've accomplished this thus far in my life, it's usually like for for a reason. So like you go to you go to school, you go to college, you go to, through those four years so you can get a degree, so you can get a job, like or you maintain a GPA so you can get into a program or, or whatever. But this like this is a goal that I have just because I, it's, it's something that I think I can do and I want to challenge myself. So that was, that was, that's kind of my main motivation behind it. It's not like a huge, like purpose filled reason, but I just kind of want to push myself and see, see what I can do. Interesting. Do you find this podcast helpful? If you do, would you consider supporting it? You can do this in two ways. First, you can subscribe to it or follow it on Apple, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform you use. Second, you can go to Apple Podcast and leave a rating for it. They use a five-star system, so you just click one of the stars with your rating. Both of these make this podcast more prominent in search results. This helps other people to find it. Also, they are very encouraging for me. Thank you. So I like what you say about everything you've done so far has been very instrumental in nature. So you graduate from middle school, so you can go to high school, you graduate from high school, so you can go to college, you graduate from college, so you can get a job, you get a major, so you can have a certain career. But this is a chance for you to do something that you don't have to do, that it's kind of off the books, as it were. Um, and I applaud you for doing it. When I was, uh, I graduated from high school back in the 1920s, and I was uh, 17 and I thought, you know, if I take a year off, no one will miss me. And sure enough, no one did. And I went to Europe and I spent five months in Europe. Same thinking in terms of let's just go do something I've never, that, that I don't have to do, that I would enjoy doing, it would be meaningful. So why do you think hiking itself, as opposed to, you know, so many other things you could do, what is it about hiking that you like so much? It's, it's a good question. It can be very meditative at times and it's very peaceful and I love being outside and the environment and just getting to interact with nature. Uh, it's, 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 it feels very personal almost 
Like there's, I remember there was a time when I hiked the long trail where it just rained and rained and rained for like three or four days straight. And it's like the most, it's, 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 it might be the hardest thing about it is when you wake up in the morning, you take off your nice, warm, dry sleep clothes and you have your, your like hiking shirt that's soaking wet outside because you had to leave it out because it smells nasty. So you don't, you don't want to wear that to sleep. So you go outside and you have to put your soaking wet and freezing cold shirt on because it might be summer, but it's still cold in Vermont in the mornings, at least. And you got to put your cold shirt on, you got to put your wet socks on and your wet shoes on. And like you're looking at your feet and they're all like mangled. And it's just, it's very challenging, but it feels, it feels like it's worth it. And it feels like you're, you're really working towards a, a, a larger goal. And you feel like, like you're pushing, you know, you're pushing yourself but you know that, I don't know, you kind of build a relationship with, if you want to call it something like mother nature, where like, it's just raining every day and you're getting frustrated and you're getting frustrated. It feels like you're getting frustrated at nature, even though nature is nature. It does what it does. It doesn't care what you're doing, but it just, it, it kind of feels like it's challenging you and you can kind of rise up to meet that challenge. I remember there's a time when it was just, I was hiking in the, in the rain, had my raincoat on and it's tough because when you wear a raincoat, it insulates all your heat too. So you're just sweating. So even if, even if you're staying dry from the rain, you'll get wet from your sweat. So it's a difficult balance to, to match. But um, I was hiking and I was just so angry. And I was like, I just kind of started yelling and swearing at, like, at the rain just because, I don't know, it just felt like the right thing to do at the time. And sure enough, I felt like after that, I felt significantly better. I was like, <laughs> I'm glad I got mad because now I feel like I can be calm now and just finish out this day. And, and then sure enough, the next day it's sunny and nice and your stuff starts to dry out finally. And it's that those really bad times where it's raining and thundering and windy when you end up with the next day where it's beautiful and you have this great view. And it's like, that was definitely worth it. It makes it so much better. Interesting. So really there's two themes in what you're saying, or at least several themes. One is it's just having a challenge and you're a young man, you're just graduating from college. Challenges are good. You get to see, you know, what you're made of, test your, your metal. I read about one guy who, wanted to set, I'm going to get the details wrong, but the basic idea is right. He wanted to set some sort of either running goal, hit some long distance running goal, like, and I don't know if he's setting a record or if it's a certain length that everyone was doing in different ways, but he ran around two blocks in New York City, like, you know, a thousand times or like some incredibly large number of times to meet that goal. And that was very meaningful for him. Now, for me, going around the block a thousand times or whatever it was would be very tedious. I, it, it doesn't appeal to me in the least, but I think it was just the, can I do it aspect of it. And, and I, and I appreciate that, you know, basically pushing yourself just to see if you can do it, but there's also kind of a, a quieter, almost more introspective aspect. You talk about it being meditative, peaceful, connecting with nature, love being outside um, have you always been that way that, that that appeals to you or is this something you've just discovered? Yeah, I was very fortunate growing up because my parents would always, it may have just been the affordable vacation, but they would always take us camping somewhere and it would be like tent camping and it's, it's maybe more glamping than camping. because it's, it would be in like campgrounds and stuff, but it would be outside and around the fire. And it was very, it was nice because it gave us all an opportunity to kind of let go of everything else that was going on and just kind of connect as a group around like a fire and, and around a meal and stuff. And like, yeah, you might have like those family dinners during the, during the regular week, but there's something different about being out there for a little while and, and getting to connect. 
so I've always had great memories about, about the outdoors through that. And then, um, it just kind of always has maintained through my life. We, we did that a lot. And then once I was old enough to kind of start doing adventures on my own, it, it always, it only, it always seemed like the best thing for me to do is go out and find something to do outside. Like a couple of years ago, I went on a road trip with some friends and just hit up a bunch of national parks across the country, all the way over to California, which was awesome. Wonderful. What was your favorite national park? It's a good question. I love Sequoia and I also love Yosemite, but all Yellowstone and Tetons were also great too. Yeah, aren't they great? Um, I grew up or I went to high school in Fresno, which is just down the hill from Yosemite and Sequoia mm-hmm. and uh, hardly appreciated them at all because it was just like that nice place up the hills. It wasn't special at all, but if you drive, have to drive across the country to it for it, you realize how special it is. Yeah. That, that raises an interesting point of your parents doing something that showed you a way that you could sort of find deeper things, find more purposeful activities. I mean, my guess is if they'd never taken you camping, if you only had Netflix vacations or whatever, that you might not do this. And thinking back on my own uh, background, my parents traveled a lot when I was young. So we lived in multiple different countries. And as a result, when I did my thing for five months, I just went and visited a whole bunch of countries because that's what I was used to. So I think as for people with children, that really highlights the importance of exposing children to different things so that they know that they can do it. So I think I would have loved at your age to go for a long, long hike, but I'd never been on a hike. That's not what my parents did. And so just in sort of like my mental space, that wasn't an option. Mm-hmm. So what are some of your concerns about this? What are, what are some of the things that can go sideways? Well, I'm concerned that I'll end up with a physical injury but I don't really let that occupy much of my thought because I really don't have a lot of control over that. I'm more concerned about being able to do it mentally um, because I know how difficult it can get. And it, it's just, it, that's probably gonna be the biggest challenge while I'm out there is staying, staying mentally well and not letting myself kind of get into like a hole of like despair or anything. Cause when you do have that long stretch of rain, it can get very difficult that um that yeah that's that's one of my biggest concerns but also financially like i definitely have enough money to to make it through the entire trip because that's that's a huge aspect of it you have to be relatively in a you have to be in a good spot to be able to to hike something like this because it's basically like a six-month vacation and you got to be able to like you're not making any money but you got to make sure you're you you just need to have enough because if you end up in a spot like i said where it is raining and you want to stay in a hotel for a night and get a nice shower and get a warm meal, you want to be able to do that because if you can't, it's not going to help your mental state at all. So I, I got to make sure I, I stay. Um, I don't, I don't spend all my money early. Um, but I, I'm also very fortunate that I have a family who I know is supporting me if I need help. So yeah, whenever I do get worried, I know that I have plenty of people that I can call or text or whatever and just say, Hey, I'm struggling. I need to, I just need to talk to somebody for a bit. Um, which is, which is great. It's, it's, it's probably one of it, just prepping for it. I've realized how fortunate I am to have such a, such a, fa- a family that is so supportive of what I'm doing. And outside of that, like you meet so many people on the trail, so many people are hiking it, whether it's through hiking or section hiking, you kind of go at your pace and you find people that go at the same pace as you and kind of end up staying at the same place every night. And they call that like your, your trail family or your tramily. And you kind of, you, you get in great relationships with those people who, and you support each other and help each other out. And it's kind of nice to know that somebody's out there looking out, like being like, oh, I haven't seen so-and-so in a few days. I got to make sure 
either text them or make sure they're doing okay. It's, it's just good to know that you have people looking out for you as well. That's wonderful. Is there one section of the trail or a couple sections that give people the most problems? And it could be like the distance that they've gone. You know, so, so you're going from Georgia to Maine. Do I understand that correctly? Yeah. So is there like a couple spots where people say, oh, if you're, if you're going to fall out, this is where it's going to be, either because this is where you hit a wall mentally or this is a real tough thing physically or I don't know, whatever. Or you're, there's lots of bears who eat hikers. I, I, I don't know how that works. <laughs> yeah, people think there's a lot of bears out there, but it, there's, a, there's that handful of black bears and they're all very um, scared of people. Honestly, the most dangerous animal out there is ticks. But yeah, oh, of there, course. there is a section and I would say it's probably more of a time frame rather than like a, a trail section. I would say within that first month, that's because people will go in with the wrong attitude being like, oh, this is going to be the most fun I've ever had in my life. This is going to be such a great, amazing experience. And it probably will be. And it may be the most fun you've ever had. But if you go in with too high of expectations, it might knock you on your butt pretty quick because it's tough. So I would say it's definitely in that beginning, in that first month or so. If you can make it through that, you're probably good. There's also a section at the end where you go 100 miles and there's no, you have to go 100 miles because there's nowhere to stop in between that area. It's called the 100 Mile Wilderness. And it's, it's pretty close to the end. It's actually like the, one of the last sections before you hit Katahdin, which is the, the point where it ends. That part's challenging, but at that point, you've hiked for so many months, you've, you're probably conditioned to do that 100 miles in about five days. That's remarkable. Okay, so here's the deal. Logan promised me that he's not going to die on the trail and that when he survives, not if, but when, he's going to talk to us again. So we have the before of what he's expecting to have happen, why he's doing it. Actually, what do you want to get out of it? So if you could have, at the end, as you reflect on what happened, and you've kind of alluded to this anyway, but I, but I want to crystallize it. What would you like to get out of it? If nothing else, I'd like to just have a deeper understanding of myself and my goals in life um, and solidify why I'm planning on getting into nursing, for instance. Like, like I know why I want to do it. I know I want to get into nursing because I, I enjoy that work but just furthering understanding my own mind. Love it. And, and that, that gets, in, 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 to an, uh, gets to an interesting aspect of purpose. And that is when people think about purpose, usually their mind goes to their career. My purpose is to be a firefighter or a nurse or whatever. And, and that's fine. That's definitely part of it. But it seems that purpose often comes down into one of four domains. How you want to serve others or make the world different how you want to connect with others, like with relationships, like if there's a higher spirituality or higher ideals, but then also the self and exploring the self, developing the self. And, and that's what you're really focusing on. And you're going to have a lot of time uh, to do it on the trail. <laughs> okay, so Logan is going to hopefully make uh, survive the trail. And then uh, we'll talk again afterward and then we'll package these two and it'll be a before and an after and uh hopefully he'll be done swearing uh on the trail when by the time he gets uh to the second interview and we'll see how it goes so we're trying something new here it's a, a longitudinal study as it were thank you so much logan for your time and uh best of luck out there thank you thanks for having me thank you for listening to the school of purpose podcast please consider rating and reviewing this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about finding purpose, visit our website at schoolofpurpose.org. There are articles, training guides, 
book recommendations, and other useful information. I'll see you next time.